Welcome to the Mad Writers Union. Speculative destruction, one episode at a time. I'm Jay Wolf. I'm Tim Berger. And I'm Nina Niskanen. And today we have a very special guest, Cameron Hurley. Welcome. Thank you. If you've been living under a rock somewhere, (laughs) have not heard of Cameron Hurley. She is the uh, author of Jesus. A new book coming out. Cameron writes books. Yes, Cameron (laughs) writes books, but uh, she writes. She's written the Godsworth trilogy and the, I remember the individual books, but I can't remember the name of the trilogy. Uh, the World Breaker Saga. World yeah. Breaker Saga. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Geek Feminist Revolution, one of the essays in which won Hugo, not just one, but two. Nice. And then the upcoming space opera no- novel. The Stars Are Legion. Thank you. I I did my homework. You can tell because I did I've had no an actual additional information. Today. Yeah, I, I know. I I, I know we slackers uh, did not do productivity today. Yes. I'm just teasing you because it's easy to do and fun. <laughs> um Yeah. You should actually like get back to Cameron because you know. It's nice to be on a professional I'll podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, being that we are all huge fans of uh, Geek Feminist Revolution around here, um, I thought that the first question I wanted to ask you was sort of how your essay process is a little different from your fiction process. I'm assuming that they are in some way. Sure, yeah. Um, I I think as, as some people know, I work in uh, marketing and advertising, which means I write a lot of copy for all sorts of different things. Um, one of the things I think that I've sort of taught myself, I started writing, I started blogging about 2004. Um, and it only took uh, 10 years <laughs> to get the essay <laughs> format down, which is about right. Um, I think what I what I learned uh, to do is to find that, uh, and I, I actually teach copywriting as well, and I, I teach people that, you know, you want to find sort of that thread of the story and to link it all the way through. What you're doing is kind of writing like a copy sandwich. So you want to start with some sort of um, story or anecdote. And in this case, like, uh, uh, you know, we have always fought, we start with the llamas, right? Um, which is the essay that won the Hugo. Uh, and it starts with llamas and draws you in and you want to put a little bit of that, that, that touch of the llamas throughout. And then you sort of, uh, come to the very end and you, uh, you kind of sew up your, um, your thesis, right? Uh, and then you go out with a nice little, um, cathartic, yay, we can do it. <laughs> uh, and what I've found, yeah, is that again, the essays, and, and I do try and do this quite a bit, the essays that are yay, we can do it at the end, always do better. Even if it's a depressing subject, like, um, there's one about writing and persistence and how this is a persistence game. Uh, right. and even in that one, which is really tough, where people are like, oh my God, like, why do you even bother writing? At the end, it's just like, <laughs> hey, you know what? You persist, you just keep going, have a drink, you know, and, and it, and it, and it works. Um, so one of the things that I try and do, I do try and keep them a little bit upbeat toward the end. Um, and to be honest, I kind of do that with my fiction as well. Um, but one of the things is just finding the in, um, as human beings, we are, 
uh, intrinsically drawn to story. And we remember story. Uh, so I like to use uh, anecdotes and stories within the essays because those are the things that you remember. Um, whereas like, you know, with other, I, I read a lot of like, uh, more academically minded blog posts and articles and things like that. And while they all they say the same thing, a lot of them say the same things that I say. People remember a lot of the things in my essays more because I tell them as part of a story. Um, so that's something that I always, uh, you know, emphasize to people is like if you want to get your message across. Uh, the best way to do that so that it's actually heard and understood is to just tell people a little anecdote um, and then move into, again, that ba- that whole essay is basically just little vignettes, little stories um, that sort of are then uh, all used as evidence to back up like the main uh, point, which is, you know, women have always fought. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> sorry sorry i'm just in awe of this. No, I'm, I'm serious i've been thinking about getting into writing writing essays lately because well at some point i'm going to have to be doing blog tours and such and honestly my essays aren't that great so i'm like oh i so could do that in. and that and that <laughs> So I can get well, in again, and then I'm like, yeah. wait. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's more like, oh, I can see where that failed and that and that. <laughs> I can see how that would be better. Yeah, but remember that, like, you know, we, we kind of just have to keep failing up, right? Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm doing, which is why I'm not asking questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> But and that, that's oh, what I Nina. tell people. Again, I was writing articles for ten years, right before right. I had one that went viral, which was "We Have Always Fought," um, and uh, it was just figuring that out. And you, and you do you fail? There's tons of stuff that no one's ever read. That's <laughs> on my right. You know, um, you know, when I first started out, it's like if I got fifty hits on an article, I was like, "Woo!" You know. Um, <laughs> Totally. So, so you have to keep that in mind. Is a lot of people, and I think it's some of that's our culture, um, especially here in the U.S. It's like our culture is, you know, you got to be amazing entrepreneur and have to have millions immediately. And it's just like that's just not how it works for most of us. Um, even you know, as far as my whole writing career goes, it is a constant like stair step, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you yeah. fall, and sometimes you go back five, and then you <laughs> you know go ba- go up three and fall back two, and you just keep going. Um, and so yeah, that's just a lot of my writing process too. I write a lot. And I also try to write, uh, again, I take different approaches. We have always thought was, was written differently than any other essay that I'd ever done. And then I actually tried that style again, again, with the persistence posts and some other ones, um, where you have to be constantly experimenting. It's not just, Hey, I'm just going to keep writing the same thing over and over. It's like, okay, well this worked. Why did this work? Okay. Why did this one work? Um, there's one about health insurance that I wrote, um, about having gotten my chronic illness yeah. and that goes viral. Yeah. And it's just so visceral. <laughs> I think that, that's one of those ones where it's just so visceral. People go, Oh no. Um, but again, it's told in a story. It's literally the story of, Hey, you know, um, mm-hmm. here is what happened. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So you just got to look at, 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 it's a storytelling capacity. It's just done in a very different way. Roxanne Gay is also an incredible, uh, essayist. Read some of her stuff that she does. Um, she, uh, I, I love reading her stuff because it, it helps me, you know, level up my own. So, yeah. I have to say that a healthcare post (laughs) made it, made it understandable to me what, what the whole hula baloo around the, 
the healthcare thing in the U.S. is because it. Yeah, it's opaque. Otherwise, I, I have a feeling because no one else in the world understands. American exceptionalism is kind of a special, majestic creature. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, that was a dark time. <laughs> it was. I mean, I was. I was. Uh, you know, they they're happy to let you die. You know, uh, you would have to go yeah. to get the the life saving medication you need. Um, you know, you'd have to like go to the emergency room and just be like, "Please give me insulin. I'm dying." <laughs> Right. Like, that's the only thing you could possibly do, which is super expensive and is the reason that we're in, in such a, a mess as it is. Um, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard to explain the US quote unquote healthcare system to anyone yeah. uh yeah, outside of it. So yeah, that's why right. people are like freaking the <laughs> F out. Because we remember we were there. You know, it was only a few years ago that you know, and, and people are gonna go back to dying on the street. So yeah, it's a yeah. rough, rough thing, but but yeah, that's so, the goal of that good essay, right? Is to <laughs> communicate, to try and get back on, to communicate, um, you know, those ideas in a way that really emotionally connects with people. So, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah for sure. So getting back to the process question, uh, how do, how, how does your fiction writing differ? Like, I'm assuming it does, but <laughs> I, well, um, I, I understand that you... you've been hacking your fiction writing process lately. Oh, yeah. Um, fiction writing is very different, obviously, because it's so long. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> I can write an essay in an hour, you know. Um, that's why I, I, my, my job, my day job is writing blog posts, basically, for brands. Um, which is great, because I can do that all day. Um, but I don't have to make things up. Uh, writing fiction, especially because I love world building, I love creating new places, and I don't like lazy writing. Um, Obviously, it takes a lot longer. I spend most of my time, which I've told people and they just it blows their minds. I spend most of my time. I don't write um, for a lot of times. I'll like just not write anything, but I'll take notes and I'll think about things. Um, and then I will sit down and literally with Legion, uh, the stars are Legion. I wrote the second half of that book in like a four day weekend. It was stupid. Right. It was very, it's very Michael Moorcock, right? Where I'm just like, I'm going to write a book. Right? Three day um, weekend. Yeah. Three day weekend. Shit. I'll write a book. Um, so, which is, you know, unfortunately where I'm at with Broken Heavens too. I'm like, oh, it's due in two months. I better start that book. Shh. Don't tell my agent. But, um, we won't, we can bleep that. Bleep that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll we'll be fine. No, she knows. She knows. Uh, some of it. Listen, um, but uh, so what I'm trying to do, and, and she's, she's been a, an absolute help too. Um, one of the things I found, I don't like outlining uh, as a general rule, but I found that if I want to actually sit down and write quickly the way that I am starting to do, I need to outline the book, at least in broad strokes. Um, so, and I've been forced kind of to do that with, um, I'm working on a, with a producer on a project. Um uh, a pilot project. And so we are um, going through and writing, you know, pilot script after pilot script after pilot script. <laughs> and it teaches me structure. I mean, they force you. Hollywood is so structure um, based. And so that has really helped me too, is that, you know, we've had to go back and re-outline and re-outline and re -outline. It sucks, but it's, it's teaching me things that are good for me. It's like eating your broccoli. I know it's good for me, <laughs> even though I'd like a more cheese on it. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, with the fiction process, it's, um, you know, I'm trying to spend less time because I was such a free form writer. I could spend a year, um, just writing, uh, just like writing things that I ended up throwing out. I mean, I rewrote, uh, Mirror Empire like three times, like from the ground up, like three times. It was ridiculous, wow. but I just couldn't 
I I don't know I don't understand something until I actually write it. Um, so I'm trying to yeah hack this process where I sit down and I know every day every time I sit down writing. Okay, here are I'll look at my outline and go. Okay, here are the two or three sentences about what I want this scene to do that I'm about to write, and then I'll sit down and I can I can knock out ten thousand words a day if I stay really focused. Um, but then I don't, you know, for two days in a row, and then I'm done. <laughs> and I can't yeah. write for like a week, <laughs> and then I'll do. So I'm a binge writer, and I and I didn't realize that was a thing until I actually heard. Um, uh, Brandon Sanderson has these really amazing lectures online. Um, from a class that he teaches oh, yeah. at uh, Brigham yeah. Young University. Yeah, they're amazing. Everyone should watch them. He actually put up the, the a recent, more recent season recently. And um, he said, hey, you know, you need to write every day unless you're a binge writer. But most of you are going to, they're not going to be binge writers. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's a binge? <laughs> I think I'm a binge writer. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I don't do anything until it's like, oh, the deadline <laughs> is here. And then I'll knock out. I mean, I've written, you know, again, I, I wrote a short story for Patreon in a day that was 10,000 words. It was really good. I, I thought it was very Which good. Which one? But, um, <laughs> tumble down. I did in a oh. day. So, oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I had written the, um, I had written the outline beforehand. So I knew where it was going. And every time I got stuck, right, I could look at that outline and go, okay, that's what happens next. Okay. Now this happens. And if I didn't want to stick to the outline, that was fine. I allow myself that freedom. But if I do kind of wander off into the weeds, I can bring it back again because I know where I'm going. So there's a lot more outlining of things than um, with a longer work um, because otherwise I have to burn it down and start over. Whereas with an essay, <laughs> yeah, you got 3,000 words, um, 4,000 words usually max. Uh, and you can go through and edit it. And and um, I edit as I go with essays, whereas with my novels, I tend to just like, vomit it all out and then, and then go back um but yeah essays i will edit as i go uh just because it, it keeps it tighter and i feel like the essay form i do need a much because people online don't have a lot of um you know attention there's a small attention span online so i want to make sure i'm boom 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 um which i have started to do honestly with um one things i like about the stars or legion is even people who are like, what the hell is this? They're like, but I kept reading it. I had to know what happened next. <laughs> and I got really good. I'm starting to get really good at um, compelling people to turn that page. I need to know what happens. Yeah. And that's one of the things that even if it's maybe not your cup of tea, I want you to at least get through it and find it compellingly readable and stay up until 4 a.m. and go, why did I stay up till 4 a.m.? That was the weirdest <laughs> book ever. Um, that's very satisfying to me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. That was pretty much my experience of the first, like, third of mirror empire i was like i've been so burned out by epic fantasy why am i reading epic fantasy i know it's cameron but why am i reading epic fantasy yes. yeah and then you're then it's 3 a.m and you're like i need the next one where's the next one but we've all is, been there yeah. <laughs> yes um one of the things that you brought up uh while you were talking about your process stuff was kind of interesting to me because i know a lot of people who are very resistant to outlining um and most of them tend to be character first writers rather than plot first mm -hmm. and i feel like that's something that is also true about your stuff because i always think of your stuff as having very strong characterization mm -hmm. and um so it's just one of those things I kind of wanted to point out and be like, is am I guessing a thing right or no, no, that's that's totally true. <laughs> what, what usually happens, yeah, is that um, God's War is a really great example. I wrote the first line, which was Nick sold her womb somewhere between Pangaea and Philane on the edge of the desert, and I went, who the hell is this person that does that? Like, what world yeah. do they live in that they are able to do this? Literally, the entire world was built out of 
just this this line of this person who does these things um, in a world that allows her to do that. Um, and the world then I built in the pl- plot, I, I built a plot, quote unquote, with God's word, but <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, I just, yeah. I just barreled down and, uh, and had a really great time. It was a very organic sort of book. But what happens is when you're a pantser and you're, or a discovery writer, which is, is the much more elegant the term, delicate version, yes. <laughs> yes, the elegant, um, uh, term is that you really do spend an enormous amount of time rewriting, um, with Infidel, the second book in that series. I threw out the entire second half of that book and rewrote the entire thing. Um, and God's War was rewritten like bazillions of times before anyone saw it. Um, and I have, I, my goal is to rewrite less and less because I'm have, it, so I can write faster, right? right? A lot of it is I, I want to be able to write all the books that I want to write. Um, and in order to do that, you need to find a way to hack your process or you can just take, and that's fine. If you want to take two, three, four, five years to write a book, cool. That's great. Go for it. But I want to write a book a year, at least. I'd love to do two if I could. But um, a book a year is about what I can manage with the sort of deep world building that I do. And in order to do that, I had to find, you know, I have a day job. I had to find a way to write at that pace without burning myself out and in a way that was, uh, you know, fast enough that we had time to do editing and we had time to do structural stuff. Uh, and in order to do that, I had to change. I had to change how I approach things. Um, and it is funny that you mentioned that because, you know, the God's Word books are incredibly character driven. Um, it was all about character first with the Mirror Empire books. When I actually, you know, started it, I, and I tried to outline it. Um, I found myself, especially the first, uh, the first draft, I was basically pushing the characters through this plot, right? And I actually had to stand back and go, whoa. Why does this feel so? Why does, you know, Lilia, especially the main character, felt so passive? And I realized it was because she had no driving motivation. She was just reacting to things that are happening in the book. So I had to go back and actually give characters a lot of motivations um, and actually have them then drive those stories uh, so that the bigger plot was happening around them, but they had their own personal goals. Whereas with God's War, it really is pretty much all general. And that's why the plot is so thin in those. <laughs> women are sitting around, you know, snarking at each other over whiskey, which I love. I love to death. Um, but again, Mirror Empire sold, you know, much better than uh, the God's War books for various reasons. There's a whole thing with that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, I don't think you could blame that on anyone. Yeah, thing. I can't really blame it on the books. And honestly, you know, I've had lots more interest in, in relaunching those books um, and fans still love them. So we'll see if we can rescue I them. Know. But uh but yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, uh, I can yeah, hear them waving my little hands over here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Every time I go to a convention, I do a signing. People are always asking, "They're like, I love those books. Are you doing more of those books? I love those books. Are you doing more of those books?" So we're <laughs> my, are, are working on some things, and we're trying to find a way. Especially, I think if we put some new covers on them and relaunch them, I think they'll do really well with a solvent publisher. I think they'll do very well. <laughs> so, you know. Um, I know, right? Uh, because, uh, because yeah, those characters yeah. are yes, and they're delightful to write. Now that I know the world and I know the people, they're really delightful to do. But yeah, when, you know, Angry Robot would absolutely love me to do more of the Mirror Empire books, but I'm like, it's a depressing series. It's depressing. Yeah. It's hard to write. And it's, it's and it's a, there is a story I want to tell with that, where it is a singular story and it's three books long, and that is it. So I'm writing the third book now, um, and it's the last one. And I'm just like, we're done. I don't want to do novellas. <laughs> I don't want to do anyone's like, yeah, let's go, you know, because it sold well. Uh, and I'm like, no, no, well, I have to move on to something slightly more 
slightly more optimistic. Even the stars are legion. People are like, wow, that actually sort of had an optimistic kind of ending. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, because, because World Breaker books are so dark, so dark. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything in contrast is probably <laughs> dark <laughs> contrast, right? <laughs> Uh, only more notable because of the opposite yes yep uh nina i feel like nina had a question burning there but i don't know mm. what it was um no i was just i i actually just wanted to note because i was giggling there that i was giggling at jay's face because when you were <laughs> talking about um <laughs> pantsing and rewriting she was like yes that's me <laughs> there's um it's there's a, I uh, I too uh, may have had um, multiple drafts of a book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is currently Wink. still in draft form. <laughs> but it's in slightly more completed draft form because I sucked it up and wrote a freaking outline. Yeah, I know. Doesn't it suck? I hate it. It's, it is very frustrating. <laughs> it never gets better. Yeah, it's like, it's like you do it because... That's actually reassuring. Yeah, yeah no. I, sorry. Yeah, it never gets better. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually reassuring. But you do write faster. And so that, that yes. part, I guess, is vindicating. So. Uh, yeah, the most recent draft took three months versus the <clears throat> years yeah. Uh, yeah. of the previous <clears throat> uh, number of drafts. Yeah. God's War took uh, four years to write the first draft of God's War. And now I'm, I'm writing a book, uh, a book a year. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy to hear about burst writing because that's pretty much me. So, yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, yes, also Tim. Yeah. Starting to feel very lonesome here. <laughs> we're, we're going to get Sean and McGuire on and we will squee okay. about <laughs> It's okay to write Writing every, every day. day that's perfectly fine. <laughs> but honestly, uh, you know, that that's like the number one. Like every writer says that. So it's like, uh, you know, Stephen King writes his two pages a day. It's like a lot of people uh, over and over here, over and over, you have to write every day. So it's uh, to me, it's kind of nice to hear occasionally. No, not all of us write every day. It's stupid. <laughs> we probably should. But here's my thing. Kat Valente talks about this and she says, you know, the process of writing is a and getting into a story is like the process of going to sleep. And I need, and you get into the dream state, right, as you're writing. And I need a concentrated period of time to do that, which is like four to six hours of writing time. Um, and I was trying to write like, okay, I'll do 500 words a day after I get up from work. And I just despised writing. I hated everything about it. I didn't want to write anything ever again. It was horrible. I think that was the second World Breaker book I was working on. Um, and I was like, what is wrong? And the, the thing that was wrong was that I couldn't get into the story. I felt like I was just playing by the numbers and, and it wasn't fun for me anymore. I couldn't get into that, that state, you know, that, that mental state where I was in the story and, and being excited by stuff. Um, so I just, I just said, you know what? If I want to keep writing, I need to write in a way that excites me and that I find, um, you know, interesting. I, I have a day job. I'm not going to spend my night job doing things I hate. Um, and so I found it, you know, even though it's like, oh, I lose a whole Saturday, but it's like, wow, I spent my whole Saturday with like, you know, crazy warrior women and, and soul <laughs> right? plants. And it was great, you know, so. That's awesome. So, um, speaking of, uh, characters and, and, 
warrior women. Um, you have uh, lesbians in space coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, do. <laughs> I do indeed. I do indeed. Um, yes, I have the Stars of Legion. It's out February 7th. Uh, that one, you know, yeah, I, it's so funny. That was one of those books. I think I signed a contract for it like in 2014. I had nothing. I had like an outline um, for a space opera. And it was, it was actually really great because Joe Monte at Saga Press basically came to us. I was on a podcast and I was talking about how I had a proposal for a space opera and they were just starting to see like Anne Leckie's book was was doing really right. well. Um, and mm-hmm. Justice. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, this is a thing. Um, so people were scrambling. <laughs> yeah. Scrambling for space opera. I could not have sold this book without Ancillary Justice doing well. Um, right. So because my and my agent even said she said because um, we I pitched her the space opera and mirror empire at the same time. And she said, honestly, to be, to be done, this is back in 2013. Yeah. Um, and she said, honestly, I don't know that I can sell a book without any men in it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, and, uh, luckily I still love her. And, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and Joe, uh, had heard me talking about a space opera. He didn't know the, the all women part. So we were talking about this book with Joe. He had me revise, um, the outline a few times and I sent, we sent it to him. We were, he were, we were really close to making a deal. I know we, we, we had been, you know, through a couple iterations and we wanted to make sure we we're both on the same page. And he actually emailed my agent back. He said, Hana, I'm relooking at the outline Cameron sent. And I just want to verify, are are there all women in this book? <laughs> and she emails back, that's right, Joe. And then he emails back. And I'm like, oh, shit. I read the chain. And then he emails back, oh, my God, that's perfect. That's even better now. I want it even more. I'm like, yes. Thank you. Thank oh, that's, you. That's so uh, Joe, though, too. So Joe. I love Joe. Yeah. Um, Joe's the best. So, uh, so yeah, it, um, it, it, it ended up, uh, it, it was a tough book to write because it, it deals with a lot of things, a lot of, uh, tough subjects, you know? Um, so it was, a, it's difficult to write, but I finally managed to get it out more or less on time. <laughs> more or less on time. <laughs> um, After a and, couple of speed bumps. Yeah. You know, I just needed to stay in a cabin in the woods with no internet for four days and write the second half. So, um, but yeah, and then we, uh, we, we got it out the door. So, uh, and it, it is a very funny because yeah, one of the, one of the, um, the reason the lesbians in space thing came up is that, and it, there's a world building reason that it is all women. So, you know, you can't just accuse me of being an evil SJW. There is actually a scientific hard science reason um that they are all women and someone has pointed out they said hey you know you should have had more genders and you know even though they all are you know um uh biologically uh female biologically is that yeah yeah, biologically you know um and i said i and that was actually i swear to god there's somewhere in there where there is a mention that that is a thing um but it was on my list and like one of the things that's like as we're going down i'm just like i am already really um unsure of how this is going to go uh and i should have pushed it that that little extra bit but i did not so i suck but i thought there was one, i thought there was one uh, society that still had that i don't know honestly as i told someone 
I have never read this book all the way through once. I was talking about this on Ditch Diggers. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Here's all these things about writing. I know Ditch Diggers, they were like, they thought they were like, we're going to kill you. You are just going to ruin writers <laughs> oh forever. God. This this book, it was so hard to write. And then our turnaround times were crazy to try and get stuff out. And I was so exhausted. And so I would just spot check stuff. I was spot checking things like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's, that's totally, uh, yeah, approve this, you know, not approve this. I'll reread the beginning. Oh, crap. It's due tomorrow, I guess. I'm not going to read the other three pages. Gosh, so when you all read it, I, you know, you'll be as surprised as I am about what <laughs> I will say that, that that also reassures me. <laughs> kids, don't do this at home. Don't do it at home, kids. It's a terrible idea. I'm a bad writer. I'm a horrible example. Um, oh, and so my agent, yeah. my agent has been on my ass about this, though, where she's just like, Cameron, you know, we want to make a polish. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun book. It's great. But she's like, we need to really blah, blah, blah. She's, she's very type A. She's very type A. So she wants it, which is good for me, which is one of the reasons I chose her. She's very type A. And, oh, we got to schedule that. We got to do these things and figure out how to hack your process so that you're not writing the book in a weekend. <laughs> I'm like, I agree with you. I agree. Who is your um, agent don't again? Hannah oh. Bowman. Yeah, she's with Liza oh, yeah. Dawson Associates. Yeah. I need yeah. to she remember will, she'll to kick query her next time. Yes. <laughs> Um, she will kick your ass and she'll be up in your business um and that's no, no. great for me no no yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty much type a myself and i oh, can't oh, stand no. it when people are not oh my god and then you guys will get along great yeah because she is very yeah like dun 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 um so i drive her nuts <laughs> i drive her nuts yeah. all the time um i drive but- nina nuts so yes <laughs> yeah. yes yeah <laughs> Cameron, I, I get the feeling that you would write the absolute best choose your own adventure books. I just, uh, I don't Someone brought that up to me. Yeah, at some point. I, it would be fun. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to stars on house explodes. Yeah, so. Come much. on now. Oh, we don't have to stay on topic. No, that. no, no. <laughs> I, I have questions. I want them oh, answered. Okay. okay. She wants so, them right. Type A. Here we go. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what made you, um, what made you, A, want to write space opera? Because even though it's very different from uh, your typical space opera, um, Stars of Legion is still space opera. Um, I came up with the idea for this book immediately. I think I we had God's War was just coming out. Um, I actually was talking to um because I had a, a different agent uh in, when I first started out in my career and talking to that agent about the book. Um, and I was just starting to formulate it and I don't know what it was. I think it was this idea. I wanted to do something with organic spaceships because I was at the point I had done stuff, a lot of organic stuff with uh, the God's War technology, right? The bug, the bug tech in that one. Mm-hmm. And I loved this idea that if we were going to spend time in deep space, um, in order to, the, the timelines, right, are so incredible when you're talking about space. You actually need something that's going to, um, live and breathe and regrow and regenerate. It's very difficult to kind of use 
um, stuff that breaks down and, and has, has problems with that. So I wanted to explore that idea. I love that idea of traveling through deep space in a living, um, ship that is, has its own ecosystems. So that was really the great, you know, that the idea behind it. And then on top of that, um, I think like the next, like in 2012, I was asking a bunch of people on Twitter. I said, has anyone ever heard of a science fiction book that has not only new, male characters but no mention of men at all um and people were like well ammonite and i said well no ammonite they have some male um astronauts and the, they're circling the stage so there's like a couple in the beginning and they said oh well you know there's a durian rust story i was like no because the, the men actually come to the planet and that's what starts it off and then people started naming all these things i'm like no because I, and i realized like it that didn't exist um and i said well if it doesn't exist, I'll write it. Uh, and so I combined those two ideas and they made sense. Once I combined those two ideas, they made absolute sense together. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I came up with, uh, with stars or legion. I think one of the, the big parts of it was figuring out, and this was a conversation Joe and I had, um, was how do we get rid of the gauntlet? Which when I write my weird, crazy worlds, everyone knows what the gauntlet is. You get into this world and you don't know what the hell is going on. There's, I throw all right. this, you're like God's war and she's yes. selling her womb. And then there's a, bo there's boxing, a cantina. There's what the hell's going on? <laughs> bug, um, bug cars. Bug cars. Yeah. And it's like figuring out the world. It takes 50 pages for my stuff where you're like, then you feel, okay, I know what the world is. And in this one, he's like, I want to get rid of that gauntlet. I want people to easily kind of get into this world. And then, and I said, I, we can do that, Joe, but I want it to, it's going to get weird. It's going to be weird camera. And he's like, that's fine. But he's like, let's get, let's get them. Let's ease them into the weird. Let's, you know, let's make it an easy passage. Um, and I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, and, and people have experienced that with this book where they're just like, so you either love the middle of the book or you hate it, where you're just like, what the hell is this? Or holy crap, what the hell is this? Um, because it gets progressively stranger as you go deeper into the world, literally. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so it was like, that was, that was a, a long conversation that we had about how to, you know, achieve that. And unfortunately I did the thing that I hate and ever, I hate it so much. I hate the amnesiac in space. I hate waking up with no memory. I hate it. I despise it. But I was watching Pandorum. I was actually watching Pandorum, which is a great, um, space, yeah. uh, yeah, movie, um, that yes. everyone should watch. And I was like, you know what? This does this really well where you don't know how weird things are until it, it, it slows down the weird. Uh, and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do a little twist where it's like, this isn't the first time she's lost her memory. And why is she losing her memory all these times? Um, and that, that seemed to work a little bit better. And it, it helped me ease people into how strange, um, the world could be. But that was, that was, that was a tough decision on my part. It was so hard because I hate that trope. Um, <laughs> But there's a reason that Hollywood does amnesiac in space, right? There's a reason that yeah. it is so popular. And that's because if you want to tell a super weird story, it's really difficult to bring the reader along with you. So. Yeah, I mean, going going down the long conversation, I mean, The Star is My Destination is pretty much the the template for that. Totally. Totally. So that yeah. makes perfect yeah. sense to me as like a, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> and then I just I I just read uh, Nine Princes and Amber, which is exactly mm -hmm. that trope. Yep. Yep. In yep. the beginning, so. 
It's everywhere. It's oh. everywhere. I know it sucks. I was I felt like I was like, this is a failure of imagination on my part that I can't figure out how to do this anyway. It the only a, other way to do it is to do a Leguin, <laughs> which is to put someone from outside um yeah. into that world. Yep. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be absolutely organic and for them to be a closed system. Um so that was the the only other one I could come up with was was yeah, the uh, the left hand darkness thing. I'm like, no, no. So <laughs> choose the lesser of two evils for me. So yeah. less Everybody. annoying of two tropes. <laughs> well, and if you can find a way to make it make sense, then it doesn't matter if it's a trope. It's a trope that works to get the point yeah. across. Yeah. If it gets the point across, and again, if people are, you know, engaged and it, it achieves what you need it to achieve, and, and I felt, I feel like, you know, even with early reviews, I feel like it's done what it needed to do. It's compelling people through the narrative, um, and going, what happened? Why, what the hell? There's a dead body on the floor and they say her, they're her family. Oh, crap, you know. So, um, it seems, it seems to be working, but we'll see. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, does anyone have any other questions? I am just I can, sitting I, back and I, I can totally spend several more hours probing Cameron's brain, which we will do one night over whiskey or something. Anyways, we should probably talk about books at some point. Right. Yes. Um, although, uh, should we ask Cameron where, where she can be found online yes. before yeah. we do Absolutely. that? We should do that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on the web uh, at CameronHurley.com. That's Cameron with a K, or on Twitter at Cameron Hurley. Um, I also have a Patreon, uh, which is just Cameron Hurley. It's easy branding, right? <laughs> it's all like Cameron Hurley all the way down. So yeah. <laughs> find the books wherever fine books are sold. So. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, and, and the Stars of Legion is coming very soon. Very soon, like two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, February seventh. So beautiful. Yeah. Although this episode may or may not. This will come go out probably. Yeah, I was going to say when is this going yeah. Okay, there we go. It's out now. So, out now. It'll be yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> So Cameron, have you read any good books lately? I have read some amazing books. In fact, two of which I have blurbed. Um, one is Sarah Gailey's River of Teeth, which yeah. is like, a, yes, I read it. And I, I will have you all know the first book she ever signed was my arc of River of Teeth. because <laughs> I saw her at Confusion a couple weeks ago. And uh, and she's like, this is the first book I've signed. I didn't even know where to sign it. I was like, I have to take a round video. I have to take a picture of this. This is a historic moment, Sarah. Um, it is It is uh, people writing hippos in like this Wild West alternate history where, which was an actual like thing that it was an idea that was pitched by the U.S. government is that we should um, actually have hippos as like our food source because they could live really well in the South. Uh, it never came to be, but in her world it has. And it's just... It's just a lot of fun. It's funny. <laughs> it's fun. It's um, just a rollicking uh, good little book. Um, and then kind of, I don't want to say on the opposite side of the spectrum, but for something a little darker and creepier, um, Cassandra Cause Hammers on Bone 
which is like this uh, Lovecraftian weird thing. I love Cassandra Cos really great. I love like all the stuff she's written. There's a really great short story called Breathe. Um, yes. where she, it's online. Yeah, that's, that's some really <laughs> excellent stuff with language. She's really a writer to watch. Um, and I, I feel like she should be getting more attention possibly than she is. Um, and then I have, um, I'm reading right now Mer Lafferty's Six Wakes. Um, and so I, I think, <laughs> uh, it, which comes out a week before my, so by the time in the future, um, <laughs> it will be out. And you should probably buy that one too and buy mine at the same time. So, um, there are, there are very good, um, lots of really good stuff coming out. I pre ordered more books this year, um, than probably in a year previously. Again, great books and yeah. it's great escapism. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fabulous stuff coming out. Awesome. And Tim, what are you reading? Uh, well, you know, I was reading some, you know, dystopian nightmares, um, <laughs> but I wanted something a little cheerier, and I found out I had a whole bunch of uh, credits on Audible, So, I, and they had this thing on there about, like, do you need a light, breezy book to read? And I'm like, yes, I need a light, <laughs> breezy yes, book. Yes, we do. Um, so I picked up this one and this is just yesterday I picked it up. And so I, I'm just getting in the middle of it, but I, I really like this so far. Uh, it's called Medicus by Ruth Downey. Um, it's a, well, picture a cozy murder mystery, uh, English style, except, you know, it's in England, except it's in England during the Roman empire, namely <laughs> Britannia. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny. It's a funny book. Um, it, it's it, it's it's really enjoyable so far, and I'm I'm having a good time um, with it. So I'm just going to read part of this thing, of their thing. Uh, uh, the main character is divorced and down on his luck. Army doctor who has made the decision to seek his fortune in Roman Empire Britannia. So yeah. Anyway, Just add that to my cart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, it's that's so neat. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's by Ruth Ruth Downey, if I hadn't said that before. So. Yes. All right. Uh, Jay, what have you been reading? Oh, man. Um, well, we just did this like two days ago, too. So my brain's like, what have I said? What have I said already? Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Laval. Um, I'm pretty sure we haven't talked about this one yet. Nope. Um, but it is a wonderful, creepy, uh, jazz age Lovecraftiana, I will call it, um, featuring a character named Charles Thomas Tester. Uh, and so it's sort of about his, um, I'm trying to think of a way to put it. It's it's one of those. Th I I struggle with talking about books in any in any meaningful way because I'm one of those people who. I love talking about things in a spoilery way, but I know that a lot of people don't. <laughs> like I love, I love, I love breaking down a book and talking about all of the nitty gritty pieces of it. And I know lots of other people don't appreciate that when they're getting a recommendation for a book. Um, but essentially, uh, it's it's a, a very interesting uh, take on um, again, sort of like the the period of time in New York where. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft would have been living there, and it uh, actually does feature references to Red Hook, uh, which is where he lived uh, when he lived in Brooklyn. Um, in any case, uh, so I'm just going to say if you like anything in that kind of uh, dark eldritch boat, 
you will probably enjoy this book as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's still on sale on Kindle. Uh, it was a pretty cheap book when I picked it up, and uh, I strongly recommend it. Uh, the Ballad of Black Tom by uh, Victor Laval. Nina, what have you been reading? Well, I'm going to go the opposite direction from Tim and Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to recommend Octavia Butler's Kindred, the graphic novel. Which... I like that we went on a slow drive down <laughs> into darkness. <laughs> Well, I mean, the other the other uh, option was uh, Connie Willis's Doomsday Book, which features the plague. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not sure objectively which is going to be grimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's Kindred. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> Kindred is one of Butler's, well, maybe the best known work, Parable of a Sower and Kindred. But um, anyway, it explores, you know, themes of slavery and so on. But the, it it has only just recently been adapted into a graphic novel and it came out like last week or the week before as we're recording this and it's it's such an amazing adaptation and it's everyone should read it <laughs> because it's good and the source material <laughs> do, is good do you know who the artist is on that i can't remember and i don't have okay. my uh tablet with me so that i can check okay cool it's good. Read it. <laughs> the uh, graphic novel is is attributed to John Jennings, just so okay. that you know. Awesome. Thank you again for uh, coming along with us for, on this wild ride, Cameron. Oh, absolutely! It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, <laughs> super fun. Oh, we need. Was great. We, we need to sign out still. Yep. We do need to sign out, but I wanted to put that in front of the sign out. Oh, so there. thank you. It was very lovely of you to join us. We, we often forget to thank people. And to oh, yeah. Well, like, over, yeah. Or like, well, just like in the audio, like we'll throw it in after they've done their sign off. And it's like, ah, I yeah, we're like getting ready to say goodbye. And it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> go back. Rewind. This has been the Mad Writers Union. Now let's get to work. Our intro music is Cephalopod, and our interlude music is Exotics, both by Kevin McLeod at IncomTech.com, licensed under a Creative Commons license by Attribution 3.0. Hi, friends. That was a fun interview. Hey, if there's someone out there that you think we should try to chat with, let us know. You can reach us at our website, MadWritersUnion.com, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the Mad Writers Union. You can tweet to us on our handle at Mad Writers Union. And last but not least, you can email us at madwritersunion at gmail.com. 
If you enjoy our podcast and want to help spread the word, please leave a review at iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast repository. And remember to stay on target. The world needs your writing. We're time travelers. Truly. <laughs> Truly. Anyway. Uh, we're speaking yes. to, for, to the future. <laughs> Hope it's less crappy anyway. there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right? I mean, right? I don't even want, want to think about two weeks from now right now, right? I know, right? Just, <laughs> I hope you're still there two weeks from now. <laughs> I hope it's not Mad Max oh. country yet out there, guys. Yeah, hold out. Buy my book first. Buy my book first. <laughs> you need something to read during the apocalypse. That's right. That's right. So yeah. for the people in the future, here are the rights we still have remaining. It is... Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully I won't be a Swedish retiree the by then, but, you know. <laughs> you laugh because otherwise, yes. Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah.